To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just hate the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers Welcome to the Opinionated Bench Owners Podcast, episode 38. Got Ramon here next to me. Got Carlos calling in from San Antonio. How y'all fellas feeling, man? As always, feeling good. Ready to talk sports. You know, I know it's been a couple weeks. Miss y'all. Miss my boys. You know, as always, let's get to it. Yeah, same here, man. I'm just ready to, to jump right on in it, bro. Get running it. Because like you said, it's been a couple of weeks. We got some good stuff to talk about, so let's go, man. I feel like we're not friends anymore. <laughs> Why you say that, hey. man? Because the only time we talk is, is when we record the podcast. Come on, no, bro. Right. <laughs> we just in the group <laughs> meeting. That yes. don't count. That don't count, man. We don't talk to each other no more, man. And ask each other how we doing, bro. Ain't nobody even asking me how, ain't nobody asking me how I'm doing. That's true, man. You got to check on your strong friends, too. I agree with that. You right. You That's know what? You right. You right. And y'all still ain't asking me how I'm doing. Right. Well, you know, I already talked to you and asked you how you doing when I first got here, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you trying to stand because we on the recording the pod now. Act like we ain't just running about that like 20 minutes ago. Man, no. Sometimes, sometimes you got to do it publicly. Man. Oh, sometimes I oh okay. Rob, Rob, how you doing, Rob? I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm pretty tired, bro. I just got off the jet, you know. Okay, flying all over, huh? Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm but I'm. You do some vacationing, man. That's, that's good, bro. No, I had to go. Oh, oh, I did vacation, but work. when I got back, I had to take a work trip. Man, you everywhere, man. I'm big, trying to be like you. Big time. <laughs> nah, man. Big time with big money. But it's good to, you know, I still was able to keep up with the playoff action, man. What are y'all thoughts so far? If you I say you could have get, if you say you guess this, you're lying. It's been ex- it's been exciting, but you know I still don't count the Warriors out, man. I know after that first game, everybody was kind of on the Toronto bandwagon. It was like, oh, you know, Warriors may be in trouble, but I still don't count them out. I still think this is still going six or seven games. I don't think it's over in this next game. Yeah, like you said, it's it's been kind of one of those surprising situations. It kind of, I mean, I hate to bring this up, you know, bring back old wounds and old memories, but it's. Kind of like that 4 series, you know, when we, the Lakers kind of came limping a little bit into the finals. I know Carl Malone got hurt and Gary Payton wasn't 100%. And we still felt, you know, we were going to come into the finals and handle the Pistons. And then the Pistons just kind of went to work on us, you know, in those finals. And, you know, like you said, you can never count out 
the Warriors, you can never count them out, man. But they, they in a tough spot, man. Real tough spot right now. Yeah, I think that was the outlook of it is that KD injury. I think it kind of shows his weight to the team because uh, they did have a couple people that was like, you know, they can do it without him. I think I was one of them, actually, because they've done it before. I think and I, most of the country that was like that. Yeah, and I made the point that they, you know, broke the NBA all-time winning record with, with 73, 73, 73 wins. So, you know, I think that he they show he's showing the world, look, man, you know, they – you know, I do bring an avenue to that team. And like you said, off Aramon, you know, he he's the second and only player outside of stuff on that team that can go and get their own basket, yeah. and it, it's killing them. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. You know, you look at that team, man, it's like early in the season, you know, when the whole Draymond and KD situation happened. You know what I'm saying? Everyone kind of felt like, you know, dang, you know, you know, and, you know, Draymond made the comment, you know, go ahead and leave, you know. We did it without you. We did it before you type of thing. And so now you see it, yeah, they got to the finals without him, but they can't win it without KD. You know what I'm saying? You When you meet meet up with that East team, you know, because people forget. People, I think Toronto was one of those teams that was underrated going into the playoffs. And the reason I say that is because a lot of people weren't talking about them. But they had the second best record in the whole NBA. You know what I'm saying? A lot of teams were talking about Philadelphia, you know, a lot of team. I mean, I'm sorry, a lot of players and a lot of people were talking about Philadelphia, talking about the Bucks because they had the best record, you know, talking about all these other teams, but no one really gave Toronto that shot, you know. I don't know if it's because they had a, you know, a new head coach, you know, uh, you know, and with Kawhi being his first year there, but you know, they showing right now that hey, even after the win, you see them players walking out, they wasn't celebrating. No. They know they still got business to take care of, you know what I'm saying? I, I mean, I just I think this is a team that's ready to win it all. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's really going to be, as we mentioned, very tough for the Warriors because, like you said, man, Toronto is, they to me, kind of had that killing instinct right now. Like, and they, you know, they not rattled or anything by them going up against the Vontae Warriors dynasty. Like, you know, they had that one little situation in game two where they had the Warriors had that long run. But other than that, they didn't bounce back from pretty much anything that the Warriors you know, have done. They've been very resilient through this series. And the thing about it, man, Kawhi Leonard is a killer, bro. Kawhi Leonard is a killer. And he got that killer instinct. And so that's why I think it's going to be very tough for the Warriors to rebound and win the series. You know, will they potentially push it and make it a longer series? I can definitely see that happening. But, man, Kawhi Leonard is just that dude right now. Like, he's having, you know, one of the best playoff runs that we've, you know, seen over the the last 10 years, you know, you think about some of the runs that LeBron has had. You think about the runs that Kobe had during his time. You think about those kind of things. And Kawhi Leonard is having a heck of a run right now. Yeah, I think they had the layout of, you know, where he's ranking. He's leading the team in points. Where he's leading the playoffs in points, uh, minutes. Uh, steals. Steals. You know, it. he's having a very efficient, because that's very important. Uh, but he also, most importantly, is that he's leading that Raptors team and they can rely on him. Even on their losses, Kawhi still, you know, is still leading the team in scoring. You know, he's he's really, you know, I think, you know, I was telling you that, Ramon, he's, he's finally, he's gotten into his prime where he's that guy, and yeah. he's proven his value there. And if he does decide to stay in Toronto, which remains to be seen, uh, because that leads me to transition to what else I wanted to talk about, is that there was a quote that released, like, last week. I don't pay attention to the quotes and the rumors, but – 
it said that he had bought him some land in Toronto, which would probably implement that he'll be staying. But uh, I guess at the press conference today, they asked him about it, and he said, "No, I haven't bought anything yet." You know, he's yeah. So yeah, but I mean, he said, "I haven't bought anything yet." Nah, like he is kind of like I don't know, read too much into it, yeah. but he kind of disputed it twice in one sentence. So yeah, it, it but then that like, yet is still in there as well. Too. But I mean, he's not gonna say I haven't bought it now, and then you know how the fans wondering, you know, having the fans on the on the on the balancer, you know what I'm saying? So you know. He said yet, yeah, and that stood yeah. out to you. So you know all the Raptors fans. Well, he said yeah. He, you know, he's not gonna commit to that right now. You know, yeah. we're still in midseason. Then, you know, on the other, on the flip side, he didn't say that he did buy some. So, yeah. what do y'all think about that? Y'all think he stays or goes? So, so here's the thing. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong. Kawhi Leonard has a clear option this offseason. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I so I think either Kawhi picks up his player option. One or he signs for a one and one type of deal. I think either way, you know, especially if they win this championship, I think Kawhi gives them at least another year there, uh, which makes it interesting. I think Kawhi signs up maybe for a big one year deal with a play option next year, you know, from that situation. So I think Kawhi, you know, and like I said, I, I read into that quote that you said, yet meaning, you know, yet meaning he's depending on how these things end. You know, I can see Kawhi. I can see it going both ways. But my prediction today is, I think Kawhi comes back because I think Toronto's going to win this, win it all at this point. Yeah, and and I agree with you. I actually was thinking the same thing. I really think he's going to do a one and one. We're seeing that become more popular. We know LeBron kind of set the precedent and the trend of that. We've seen KD do it, um, and I think same thing. Like Los was saying, I think he'll do the one and one with Toronto. I mean, they. They've done everything they can to keep Kawhi. Like, there's nothing better or nothing more that they could have done. Like, the guy can be in Toronto and live there for free. Like, he don't have to pay for where he's living. Basically, every restaurant there has said he can eat there for free for life. Like, so, you would literally, like, I mean, the offer and the way that they treated him couldn't be any better. I think at this point, if he were to leave, if he were to leave, he had no intentions of staying. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> like you said, they've done everything they can. But being, most importantly, being that they're winning now, I think that it wouldn't make any sense for him to leave. Like, why would he leave and where would he go? You know, if he's like, oh, I want to come home, that I might could see that. But you're on a team where you're the man. That's your team. Yeah. You know, you're in a in a place where you you've taken a team to heights that they've never been. Yeah. And there's a lot of uncharted territory in Toronto. Yeah. And he possibly could go down as the best raptor of all time. Yeah, he says that he and will. That boy is not that high because probably debatably the the best raptor there right now would probably be Vince Carter. Yeah. You know, and Vince Carter didn't bring them a chip. You know, so you know if you was able to bring Toronto a chip, the first one in franchise history, you yeah, already brought them to the finals yeah. for the first time in in franchise history. It's kind of hard for me to see him leaving at this point. I mean, it wouldn't make any sense. I mean, if I was him, I would probably be like, I might well go ahead and sign long term because at this point with LeBron out the picture in the East, everything's going through Toronto at this point. So you know, I I don't see him. I don't see a I don't see a a situation where he leaves Toronto after this year, regardless of how this ends, I right. think that he will. I think he, he's gonna stay. And I mean, which he, I, oh no, I'm sorry, you go ahead, Lois. No, which I like though, because you know, 
you know, we weren't one of the phase to really land Kawhi Leonard. And when I say we, I mean the Lakers, you know. So it was the team, if he was going to leave, everyone kind of kind of put him with the Clippers. And, you know, that's one team I do not want to see Kawhi Leonard go to is the Clippers. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I'm, so I, I mean, I like it if he stay in Toronto. To me, it's like Toronto, you know what I'm saying, anybody but the Clippers. That's just yeah. how I feel about it. And, and then the thing about it, even like, you know, we mentioned the home thing and all that as well. Like, when you get to this high of a level and all that, like, you're going to be home in the offseason anyway. Like, it, you, he got a house in San Diego. Like, he can be home whenever he, you know, in the offseason when he want to be home. So, you just throughout the course of the season, you in Toronto, you playing there. You, you're going to travel regardless as an NBA player anyway. So, it's like, it's not like you're going to be stationary anywhere for too long. So, you know, you go home in the off season, you enjoy the off season home and you play your season in Toronto and like you said, I mean, you're you're the guy there and y'all put something together that can, you know, be special. So why go somewhere else and try to build something again or create another chemistry or why try to do that when you know like this place is catered to you completely, you are the guy there and there's you know, you're yeah. in a good spot. Yeah, I think it's nothing left to say that. We all agree he's gonna stay. So with the NBA finals up on us in the NBA playoffs winding down. What would y'all say is y'all favorite playoff moment this this playoffs? Dame Lillard shot over Paul George. Yeah. Easy. That, that, was, that was my moment too. Okay. I mean, that that was my moment. I, I think my favorite moment, and I, I joke with people all the time, uh, is the Kawhi Leonard game winning shot game seven against Philly. I just that iconic picture right there. I'm gonna have that framed in my house, like just the anticipation with MB. You know, look on his face. With Kawhi squatted down, then he got his homeboy squatted down with him, and then the bench is just looking like the suspense. And then you look in the crowd, everybody's eyes is just like set on there. It looked like it looks like a a, a drawing from like uh what's his name uh Aristotle, it like an <laughs> Aristotle drawing, like just how everybody's you know virtual you know, perspective is focused on that ball and what it's going to do. And the fact that it dropped three times to save the six points, right. that's my favorite moment of the mm-hmm. NBA playoffs. Yeah. So so for my moment, you know, I think Ramon's moment as well, I think it's probably one of the greatest shots, you know, game winners too as well, which we got too with yours as well, Rob. I think it's so great because during that whole series, you had a series where Westbrook and Dame Lillard going at it, them talking trash, then you had – Schroeder, you know, doing the Dame time, you know, the game before doing the Dame time celebration right. and dancing and stuff on the sideline. You had all that stuff, and you, you know, you had, you know, a Dame Lillard that was mad, that was upset that they were doing all this, and you had a Paul George dunking at the end of the game, the game before, when the game was already won and out of hand. So you had disrespect right there, and then you have it, a player coming down to the the seconds where he is maybe like ten, five to ten feet away from the three point line dribbling down and pull up and shoot a shot where you just think, what in the world? Why would he shoot that? And he shot it. Not only did he make it, he waved bye to them. Right. Like that was that that just gave me chills right there. Just waved bye to them. Like yeah. that was the and then he get in the press conference and say, you know, these guys have been talking all this trash. That was just the final that was the final word. They, right. they can't say nothing after that. It's it. That's over. I, so I, I just thought that was a mic drop. I liked it too, just real quick, just because of the fact that it brought back that kind of old school NBA feel, like yeah. when Kobe and Garnett and Paul Pierce were playing, where it's no love lost. 
Like when we get out there in between yeah. those lines, like it's me and you. I don't like you. Right. Like I genuinely don't like right. you. And you know, I think that LeBron and and Wade and and Chris Paul led their plight to where they all buddy buddy in the, right. in, the in the off season. So it was great to see that. You know, in that moment, you know, just right. a true j- dislike. Like, I really feel like Dame really don't like Westbrook, yeah, and I feel nah, like it's vice versa. So. I, like you said, I, I like, like seeing that that old school. Now, if I were to just add just a little bit of drop, like another more so extended moment, because it wasn't just a moment. It was really like a, a half that stood out, and you may know where I'm going with this. But game six, Rockets and Warriors. Mm-hmm. Steph basically what, went scoreless the first half. Yeah. And then to just see him Ended second half, 36. 30, well, 33, I think. 33 to just drop 33 like that and basically wave by to the Rockets when the Rockets did all the talking last year about, oh, if Chris Paul would have played X, Y, Z, okay, we would have definitely gone to the finals and this and that. Well, they had their chance with Kevin Durant going down and for Steph to basically, after being terrible for the first half, to put the team on his back, uh... And, and just see them eliminate the Rockets, that was something else that stood out. But it still pales in comparison to just yeah. seeing Dame just step up on PG, just hit the little step back, the little side step, and drain it from about 40. And both of y'all know that that moment right there made me a Steph believer. <laughs> so if you see me defending Steph in any arguments, you understand why. It was that moment. I mean, amazing effort. I mean, that's what guys do when you're great. That's what, you know, that's what it is. Like, I don't care what you do in the regular season. That's why James Harden is not in my top five of all time. We're going to get into that in a little bit. Top five in the NBA right now. Yeah. But, you know, it's just like you dominate the regular season in playoffs. You're not there. But, you know, that, that's what make you great. That's what make you great. So, um, yeah, I just thought that that was interesting. So, while we don't know along those lines, uh, I guess we can go into NBA free agency, uh, I think one of the top stories right now is, I guess we take a couple steps back, KD and the injury. Y'all thoughts on it? I mean, I think we came to the conclusion that maybe that they undersold that injury, that it may be a little bit more serious than what it is. But either way, it's three branches we can go into with it because we can talk about the injury. We can talk about what it means to Golden State, which I think we touched on. They're not the same team without them. But thirdly, just – you know, I think this injury has a lot to do with an influence of the free agency, but not only for KD and Golden State, but the NBA as a whole. Because yeah. I feel like once KD makes his decision, then the cards will fall. Yeah. So, I, do y'all I, think that the injury is that serious? All right, let's start here. Do you uh, think he will play tomorrow, Monday? Do you think he'll play yes, Monday? He plays tomorrow. All right. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. Okay, go ahead. Uh, I know you got much more to say about well, it. Well, just to say about it, period about the KD thing and how the impact, how can it... Well, I think, you know, that this injury, as you were saying, really impacts the landscape of the league because I think going into this year, really going into the season, going into the postseason, we all thought the Warriors would win it all. KD would leave and be peaced out. You know, I get my three rings, probably three finals MVPs at that point. He's going into the, the playoffs. But I really think that we could see a situation where KD returns to the Warriors now. Because I think that he was going to definitely leave because he had won his three championships. And everybody is scrutinizing KD saying, hey, you went to this team that was already stacked. They didn't really need you. You just kind of got some free championships, some free rings. And so in order to continue to build that legacy, hey, let me leave. Let me go somewhere else. Let me win there as well. But now at this point, when it shows that, you know, Golden State, 
they really are struggling without you and it shows that basically they do need KD at this point then I feel like he can more so justify in his mind you know if I come back now my worth has already been shown to everybody else so maybe I do stay around now you know the Draymond thing is still in the air and I don't know if he brushed that to the side completely but I believe that this opens the door more so for KD to stay in Golden State I 100% agree with that. I think it this does open the door for it. Um, it puts us, it put it, it puts it in a weird situation. You know, it puts it, it puts it in a situation where, you know, before we thought it was for sure because they, you know, like you mentioned, Ramon, he went it, that was it. Now it's almost like he comes back, played a hero. Now, the Warrior fans, the Warrior players, realize, okay, we need this guy. Then it's more so, okay, are you going to stay? Which puts the Warriors in a situation where they have to make a make a make a decision on Clay Thompson, or you know Kevin Durant, you know, because they get the, both of those guys are coming up on you know free agency, both on player options, I believe, and so that puts them in a situation where they have to make a decision. You know, who do we value more? Do we have to keep the Flash the Flash brothers? And so that's which makes me think where KD is gone, regardless, and I think they lean more towards loyalty to Clay Thompson. Because you want to do that with the fan base. I think the fan base would not be happy if you if they pick KD. Now, I know that sounds weird. They pick KD because KD is a better player, all-around player. But they, I think they want to keep that formula of the Splash Brothers with Stephen Curry and Klay Thompson together. And so I think regardless of however this ends, I think Kevin Durant is gone. No, I feel you with that. It makes a lot of sense. You know, when you're running, a, when you're running an organization, loyalty is everything. Really, as a GM, you should always be thinking about longevity in the future. And I think that with KD, it's pretty much understood that this was his last year walking into it. It's the most unspoken, spoken thing in the league. So, with you knowing that as a as a league of as an organization official and as an exec, then you're probably just like, okay, what can I do to make this fan base happy? And I think that if they give Clay, who's been loyal to, who's done a lot for. Uh, the the Golden State organization. I think you got to go ahead and, and lock him in for for the rest of his career, pretty much him and stuff, and you know grow what you got. You had a lot of success that has gotten you a new arena. So I mean, at this point, I think that the fans, you know, they, at this point they're they're getting a little taste of that success. I don't think that I think at this point you're going into a, a marginal rebuild, not really a rebuild, but you're just looking to lock in your your key pieces. But uh. We saw with Brooklyn, they made a trade. So they've proven to be some high players in free agency. We know that we got the AD sweepstakes, which we've been talking about mm-hmm. for the past like couple months, but it's probably about to be laid to rest coming up this offseason. Um, what do y'all want to start with that? I, I think one one thing, period, just starting it off free agency-wise, I mean, I know we've been talking somewhere, mm-hmm. but... Just the way that the big markets can play into this free agency. Like, it's crazy to think about the fact that the Knicks, of course, have two max spots. Then you look at Brooklyn, that they basically created it to where they could have two max slots. You know, if they want to do that, they would just have to make the decision on D'Angelo Russell. But if they go away from D'Lo, then they got two max. The Clippers have a path that they could get to two max, even though they got one right now. And you look at the Lakers, we sitting there with one max spot with LeBron being there as well. So you look at these big markets and it's like, wow, these big markets could be big time players in free agency. And so it just makes the landscape 
to me, very exciting for mm-hmm. free agency, you know, mm-hmm. and guys got a chance to, to team up and link up wherever they want to go. You know, these teams having two spots or, you know, like I said, with LeBron already being in L.A., you know, if you come there, you with another Max guy already. So it's like these guys don't have to be anywhere by themselves if they don't want to. If they really decide to link up, they can. Right. I mean, here's the thing, Big Rob. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I mean, this is what I think, you know. And I think we, I think we, let's make it fun. Let's make it fun. You know what I'm saying? And this is what I think, you know. I'm a, I got the top. Let's go top seven. Or make it interesting. Okay. You know, and y'all just one quick answer to this. You know what I'm saying? Make it fun. So I'm gonna start off with the best free agent. Y'all just throw out the team y'all think you're gonna go to. You know what I'm saying? Just make make it fun. Just off top of the head, top of the dome type of thing. All right. Kevin Durant. Number one. Knicks. Oh, we doing the we ranking yeah. him? Uh, <laughs> nah, uh, we not ranking no. him. Oh, okay. He, said, <laughs> he got the top seven. We gonna say where they going? All right. All right. You say Knicks. Knicks. Okay, yeah, I say Knicks. I say Brooklyn. Okay. All right. Kawhi Leonard. Toronto. Not Toronto. We already said that. We all agree on that. Yeah. Kyrie Irving. Lakers. Brooklyn. Lakers. <laughs> Kemba Walker. Lakers. Knicks. Knicks. Can't make Thompson. a Durant. That would be nice. Golden State. Wait, he said Clay? Yeah. Golden State. Golden State. DeMarcus Cousins. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know, man. Lakers. <laughs> Lakers. Boogie goes to Brooklyn on a cheaper deal. Why you can't come to Lakers on a cheap deal? That's what... I think we can get Boogie, bro. I really do. He been. He was trying to come to LA anyway. He was. He, he tried, tried to go there before you. going to Golden State. Ooh. Yeah. AD and Boogie in LA. Oh, that was, let me stop. I don't want to get my hopes up. I don't want to get my hopes up. Go ahead. Right, wait, wait, wait. What you said, Los? What you said for Boogie? He's just one of those weird ones that you just don't know. Yeah, you don't know. Up, I think one of those teams that got money gonna end up overpaying him. You know what I'm saying? And he's just gonna go get his bag. You know what I'm saying? I don't even think he's gonna necessarily go and get. To a, like a contending team, especially if he See? end up they somehow win this ring, I think he gonna go and get the bag, and See? I think some team is gonna pay him some one year big deal because they got the money and they missed out on these bigger free agents. Yeah, he gonna end up somewhere like Chicago. Or something, something. I, I don't, I don't really see him getting the bag like that unless it's just some sad team that's just trying to sell tickets. Cause right. I mean he exactly. coming out two brutal injuries like with the calf. He said he almost quit at when he had that calf uh, tear. Yeah. And then we all know about the Achilles, and you know, to 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 Carlos' point earlier, he was like, "Cause Boogie will never be the same," and I'm seeing it. I mean, he just doesn't look. It's gonna take him a while to get back. It's, and people think when Paul George had that gruesome break in his leg, it took him a while to get yeah, back to where he is. Yeah. And you know, and same a break is still different than even like an Achilles. Thing. Exactly. Like a break being clean like that is and, still. And you look at Gordon, Gordon Hayward. He had a whole year. He never really got on pace to be himself. Right, yeah. So Boogie might need another know, prove it year. Just like you said, if, yeah, you're right. So I mean, I think that if if you unless it's just a team that's just out here like like uh, I would say the Kings, but it ain't gonna be like like Orlando don't need a center. But if it's just some team that's yeah, just... Vucevic leaves, they might. Vucevic is a free agent. Yeah. Oh, no. Vucevic is a... But he's a restricted free agent, ain't he? 
Nuh-uh. He uh-uh. unrestricted. Yeah, he, he unrestricted. unrestricted. They probably going to keep him. They probably going to they gonna do they what they got to do. Yeah. But I'm just saying, it's going to be a, a front office that's in disarray. And that's going to have to just, you know, hey, look, okay, Boogie out there. Let's give him this four-year, $90 million contract, you know. So, I mean... I could see that happening. So throw something out, man. We right. we've been for each player, we've been saying the destination. I said Lakers. You said Lakers. Yeah, I think he gonna sign a cheap deal in LA. All right, Los, if I got to pin you to it, and you gotta say one, bro. What's, what you got? I think. Ooh, DC. Just one. Just one place for Boogie, man. He can only land one spot. Just one. I mean, uh, I would say the Clippers. I thought about that one as well. Ooh, what about DC? Him pairing back up with John Wall, he had to be on a cheap, cheap deal because they ain't got, they got no I ain't got nothing. I ain't know this situation. Yeah, they capped right. out. You got some more? Oh, oh. Jimmy Butler, Philly. Philly. Go back. You think they're getting the match? Yeah, when I was up there, when I was up there, yeah. when I was up there in Pennsylvania for their training last week, I talked to a Philly fan, and they they're in love with Jimmy Butler. They say he said they better not let Jimmy go. They say they love how he's just like a blue collar, well, that's what you know, saying. tough guy. His, his you know, they love him. The style of person yeah. he is, just person and player, he fits that Philly type yeah, nature. So I think they're gonna do what they and, and he fits pretty well. I think yeah. they towards the end of the year they start to figure it out. You know, he he became that that go to scorer down yeah. the stretch. But I, I mean, what I tell him, and and I told a Philly fan when I told him, I was like, what's hindering y'all more than what y'all uh, what y'all could imagine is that Ben refuses to shoot and he can't shoot. Yeah. You know, you saw what Greek Freak did. Greek Freak almost, you know, his danky shot almost, they almost stumbled into the finals just because yeah. he was willing to take willing the to shot. Take it, you and be, he'll make it one out of four, five times, it. you know. You got to be willing to take that shot. What, what you got, Los? You got, Los? Wait, what What you said for Jimmy, Los? Yeah, he be, yeah, he be sneaking by without <laughs> picking what he I'm going to go with the same thing. I mean, I'm going to say this. I'm going to finish it with this. I Ooh. think the Lakers... End up with Jimmy Butler. No, 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 that's wrong. I think the Lakers end up with Kyrie Irving and Anthony Davis. That's gonna be their all season. Ooh, no, <laughs> <laughs> if they had me, bro, two of my favorite players on one team. But oh, it's I up. The alternate if Kyrie end up going to Brooklyn because you know they open up the money. I think it's gonna be Jimmy Butler. And AD. Either way, I think the Lakers end up with AD, but it's going to be with Kyrie or Jimmy Butler. It's just about all the timing of it all is how it's going to happen. Okay. So that's how I think this is going to be happening. But I think number one option is Kyrie. And so if he don't end up with us, I think he signs back with Philly. That's and how it's going to happen. Carlos, I love you so much because that's an excellent transition into my next topic. We got to talk about how great Sean Marks is as a GM for Brooklyn right now. We got to talk about it. Crushing it. I mean, he's put himself in a position where now he has room for a max player. We all know about the trade for Russell, which we, me, me and Ramon agreed that Russell was, you know, real time. He just needed a, a good situation. But, you know, with that trade that he made, which it's some, like, no, I ain't going to say no name. Don't, I'm not going to disrespect him, but, I mean, you want, I don't even remember what the trade was, really. Uh, they they sent off uh, your boy, is it Alan Crabb, I want to say? Yeah, Alan, Alan Crabb. Crabb that now was that way was, over, which was small. He's overpaid. He's overpaid. Way overpaid. And they got uh, the Torian Prince, I think, who is really a player to me that's oh, underpaid. Okay. Yeah. So, but either way, 
Either way, uh, I think that Sean Marks is doing a great job. And if they're willing to depart with Russell, they'll have a situation two, where two they max. can have two max fights. Yeah. So, do y'all want to speak on that? I mean, the job that Sean Marks has done? Yeah, I mean, you're looking back on the situation where they got completely robbed by Boston in that trade. You know what I'm saying? They gave up future picks. Everyone just said they got robbed. You know what I'm saying? And everyone knew it, you know, that they gave up a lot for a bunch of aging players. That didn't give them gave them a year or two, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, you looking at back at that situation, and you looking at this team now, a team that you know went made a good trade with Brook Lopez and DeAngelo Russell, who was a player that you know just needed time to develop and needed a, a, a organization to get behind them. So they still have DeAngelo Russell there, who's a restricted free agent going into this offseason, but they have options with him. So this team still went to the playoffs and played well in the playoffs. And so they, they have multiple ways of going with this. They can either, you know, release, you know, let DeAndre Russell go and get two max guys. They can bring in, and which I think what they're going to do this offseason is run with DeAngelo Russell, bring him back, right, because the city loves him, and then they're going to bring in Kevin Durant. So you got that team with a Brooklyn team with Kevin Durant, and you got a young D'Angelo Russell, I think that'll be an exciting team that can challenge in the East, you know what I'm saying, that can make noise in the East, you know, because, again, this team went to the playoffs without a player like Kevin Durant. So you get that, then you start adding in pieces, little small pieces, some shooters, maybe J.J. Reddick, you know, you get a, a center that, you know what I'm saying, that can rebound, then you got a team that's going to be exciting that's going to challenge the East and maybe Toronto in the East or in the Bucks in the East. So that's what I think their offseason plan is. I don't think they're opening those two slots because they're expecting Kyrie, what everyone kind of thought. But I think they're opening those spots, you know, just to leave themselves options. They don't necessarily have to use those two max spots. Maybe they're opening up money to bring in additional free agents, maybe uh, mid-tier free agents. And so their plan is smart, and I like the way they're doing it. I think D'Angelo Russell ends up on that team with KD. Yeah, I just to kind of reiterate what y'all said, like it's a heck of a job that uh, they've done over there in Brooklyn. You know, we talked about it at length, you know, even off, you know, air and all that kind of stuff like that. And I think what the crazy thing is that we could legitimately see Brooklyn being a better team than Boston next season. Hmm. And to think that that would happen in this time period, in this time frame, we would have never thought that. Like, it seemed like. It just seemed like the Nets wouldn't be able to get out of that situation. Like, it seemed like they just dug so much of a hole with that where they tried to really shoot for it, and they were like, okay, we're going to have KG and Paul Pierce, and we got Brooke Lopez over here, and we got Joe Johnson and Darren Williams still, and they thought they were going to make the run, and they didn't make a run with that. And to just see how, you know, it just seemed like Boston came out so much further ahead in that deal, but coming into this season – like, you really don't know who's going to be the better team out of those two. Like, Boston really could lose its top free agent in Kyrie, which everybody expects him to leave at this point. And Brooklyn is setting themselves up to have at least max one max guy come there. Like, I don't think that they'll end up empty-handed this offseason, honestly. Like, I think that they will at least get one max guy uh, to take that money over there. And that's just a tremendous job. Like, that's hats off to them. They're they doing it right over there, man. Yeah, they're doing it right, and it's really, I think it's really fun to see a team like that. But ultimately, I mean, Russell was probably one of the biggest points in that in that deal because if he didn't turn out to be like a franchise-type yeah. player that they really could build around, still flops. then they would still be flopping. But, uh, I mean, still credit to Sean Marks and his company and his team. I think 
uh, like I said, New Orleans new GM was a part of that team. He's an assistant GM. Yeah, I can't think of his name right now. I can't think but, of you know, credit to them for seeing that that type of potential. Like, yeah, we'll take this bad uh, Mozgov contract, but yet yeah, well, this is what we're getting. It's a deal that really worked out for the Lakers and Brooklyn in that, in that trade. So, we kind of leveled it out to free agency. That was, you know, we kind of, you know, cycled our funnel what we think is going to happen. Uh, I think that the Lakers are constantly in the news in this thing. So, I mean, un- <laughs> unfortunately, listeners, we're Lakers fans, but, I mean, it's not our fault. We are always relevant. Like, even when we're irrelevant, right. we're relevant. So, you know, I think we should really kind of just dissect that magic thing before we can get into the moves that they're going to try to make. Um Hang with me. I'm going to go into my little soliloquy a little bit. I know Los going. Yeah. I think I should go. You should go. And then Los could go because Los is on the opposite end of the spectrum with this. And he going to be fuming when he goes. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, just real quick. I mean, I've said it. I think I'm beating a dead horse. But with Magic, you know, he went on to first take a couple weeks ago. And he kind of spilled his side of the story. And, you know, at first I was one of the person that was angered about the way that he left. And which I'm still holding on to that. I think that he could have done it a little better. And which right. he admitted in the interview that he could have done it a little better. But as he explained in the interview with First Take and the Stephen A. and Max, I mean, if he was going to be in a position and and Jenny said that you're going to be the president of basketball operations, then she needs to stay in her lane and she needs to be the owner. You know, and let him handle everything basketball. Which she said in interviews that everything basketball decision-wise will be made by Magic. So Magic was saying that, you know, he wasn't allowed when he wanted to fire Luke. It had to go through four or five people. And when he felt like it, you know, when it got to that point, that was a straw that broke the camel's back. You know, and in that situation, I think that we can all agree. When you're high for a position and we had these talks about, you know, hey, you know, up front, look, I have all of these businesses. You know, I'm not going to be in the office every day. And you say, that's fine. You know, that's what he said. I'm just going by what he said. Okay. Um, But, you know... (laughs) If that's the case, then he needs to, you know, have some boundaries there. And I think that Jeannie, I think that that's the problem. And ultimately, that's the demise of our front office right now, even though we've made some pretty decent moves as of late. But, you know, with the coaches. But, uh, you know, just if 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 my president of basketball operations say something, I, I'm going to go with, with that. Because yeah. at the end of the day, his, his name is on the line. Yeah. But it was a point that I was missing that I, I forgot, and I was going to wrap this up. Uh, let me think. Uh, uh, it can't come to me. It might, it might come it back. Come, what was it I might, saying before? I said the last thing I said. I mean, you were just talking about Jeannie kind of. Yeah, there we go, Jeannie. Yeah. So I think that's the demise of the front office is that Jeannie is listening to too many people. Like you can't listen to Linda yeah. Rambis, who don't know anything about mm-hmm. basketball. Kurt Rambis. You know, who has a connection to Luke in some kind of way. Then, then they even said that the guy who's a part of the, straight the business is making... It's a mess. Yeah. You know, so um, I, in, that, in that situation, I do not blame Magic Johnson for the decision he made. I just disagree with yeah. the way he went about it. Um, I guess for me to chime in, because I know Lowe's going to come guns blazing, and I'm not going to say some things, because I know that's going to be some things that he fires off on. Um... But my evaluation on the situation is is somewhat similar. I do not absolve Magic from blame. I really feel like really at the top, there's blame that goes to Magic. There's blame that goes to Jeannie. There's blame that goes to Rob Palenka. 
Uh, one little thing, Rob Plink got to stop lying, bro. Like, come on, <laughs> like, come on, bro. You making those stories about about Kobe meeting Heath Ledger and Heath Ledger, God rest his soul, was already for no dead. reason. Like, bro. come on, you just making it up. But um, I still believe that the biggest issue um, comes down to the fact that I really look at the top and I really look at Jeannie Buss, and she has to set people in their proper roles they have to have their proper place and she can't listen to every single person i believe that she's a person that's very relationship oriented and to her she sees the lakers as a family let's just say what it is she sees the lakers as a family so the relationship she had with magic but that relationship extends to the rambuses that relationship extends to kobe that relationship extends to even Luke being anybody that she sees as a Laker, her dad used to view, you know, this is a big family. And so she's viewing it from that extent as well. Where it's too extreme because she's listening to too many people and letting too many people have a voice. Now I do believe that there are some inconsistencies out there, even from magic perspective. I know Lowe's gonna highlight those, so I'm not gonna even step on his toes with that. I know he's gonna be ready to point out step every on, inconsistency. Step on his peas. <laughs> <laughs> I know he's going to be ready to point out every inconsistency with Magic and his story and all that kind of stuff like that. But I believe that it's just been a mess throughout. And I believe that the three people that have been implicated in Genie and Rob and Magic, they all have a point, uh, a part in it. And things just need to be cleaned up. I wish, honestly, for our franchise that we can just clean house. But I know that that's not going to happen. All right. The floor What's is yours, Los. Let's unpack this thing. Oh, my God. Let's <laughs> unpack this thing. So, I mean, let's, let's keep it real here, you know. So, all these, these situations you guys are touching so on. So, what do you agree with the, that we said first? What do you agree with? I don't agree with any of it. What? Oh, my, what? We're about to argue, right? <laughs> let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Let's, let me unpack it. So, these, these situations you guys are talking about. You know, Rob, you talked about Jeannie Buss, you know. And her issues and what she's going through. Ramon, you talk about, um, you know, Palinka lying. You know, him him lying a lot and all that stuff. You know, and then you guys kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, we can talk about magic and consistency. But let's go back before all this stuff kind of happened. We would have never known this, never known about any of this stuff if magic didn't come out. And he didn't come out with the issues that he's had in the So, yeah, I mean, I mean, I know you about to really, really unpack and really get down to the nitty gritty. But to like just say that like none of it that we said yeah. that you can agree with, like, That's I feel like, <laughs> right, Blasphemous. I, I feel like, like from the standpoint of that, I get it. I know you about to, to go and just shred magic. But to like say that the stuff that we said about Jeannie and even about Rob, that it's like, so, this, this, no, but this is what I'm saying. We wouldn't have known about any of those things, right? If Magic would, about any other franchises, I'm sure other franchises are going through these issues and having these problems and having different things. Maybe not all, maybe not a lot of them, but Magic bring all this stuff to light. For good or for worse, you know, that type of stuff should stay in-house. And that's the issue I had from the beginning, before I even heard the interview on First Take, before before he stepped down and all that stuff and stepped down the way he did. He shouldn't have came out, and he shouldn't have put the the, the, the the franchise on front street, especially going into the off season. You know, especially the same day 
that the team is supposed to be introducing the new head coach and positive things are happening. So you got a timeline of just bad things, the offseason hit. He quits, you know, just quits all of a sudden. Okay, that puts a bad, you know, or a bad feel around the Lakers, you know, as we're going into free agent, the offseason, and the, the draft lottery, you know. And so, you know, I know Magic's doing it for himself, you know, and as a man, and I know we've mentioned that in the, before in the past, but as as a player, as a, a as you call the, like as you call Jeannie Brussel your sister, you don't do those type of things to people. You don't come out and put the whole organization on front street and then backstab this, that, and the other. Because right then you calling Palinka a backstabber, but you backstabbing the whole Lakers organization by doing it the way he's doing it. No other team, no other president of operations, you know, is doing that, stepping out and backstabbing their team. They have issues. They 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 handle it professionally. He didn't handle it like a professional. And he, he, he claims himself as a professional, as a businessman, and the way he did things wasn't professional at all. And I, I don't know, it, there's no way of... We don't disagree with you there. Okay, but so and on the other part of it is, so Jeannie Buss and her, and her problems and running the Lakers, none of that stuff would have been known if it wasn't for Magic. You know what I'm saying? None of that stuff. Let that, that stuff stay in-house. But, no, but you, you, you confusing the morals yeah. of, of that. I mean, that's not... I mean, Magic... Outside, of, it's two things there. First of all, first of all, just because he he came out with it doesn't make it right or wrong. Secondly, him saying that is because he was being bashed and his name was being drugged through the mud. And he has a reputation. His reputation was was messed up. So you know, in that thing, like so, let's with that aside and with that out the window. So you think that it's okay for Jenny and Rob to be talking behind Magic Beck? But that's what I'm saying. You handle. I get that. But what I'm saying is, if you have an issue with that, that's high school stuff. You go to them and so, you handle that. So your issue is about the way he went about it. To the media. The way he went about it. That's your issue with it. Right. That's the whole problem. Well, 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 that's, well, that's, well, we agree but, with you there, though. But but we the thing agree. is, but the thing is, I where I don't agree is that being the whole problem, though, because. The reason why I don't agree with that being the whole problem is there's dysfunction within the organization, whether it's known by the masses or it's not known by the masses. Like there's dysfunction regardless. There's things that are going on that aren't happening properly. There, I mean, we finally got to see some things behind the scenes or whatever. But even this this latest article that was released on ESPN or whatever, that stuff was gonna drop whether Magic came out and spoke or not. That stuff, that piece that was worked on by I can't remember his name was worked on for months leading mm-hmm. up into the season. So that stuff, some of this stuff was going to drop regardless. Yeah. So but That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Magic took the Lakers down with him. Magic used to work for ESPN. The guy that did that article was from ESPN. Magic knew that stuff was going to drop on him and what was coming down on him. So he took the Lakers organization and the problems with him. That's the issue I'm saying. Magic handled his problems and the things he got going on. He needs to handle that with him. He needs to handle that within and not take the Lakers down with with him. I, the things that were mentioned in that article, like, you know, him not being around, you know, and stuff. He, Magic got wind of that. Y'all crazy if y'all don't think a former ESPN, you know, analyst and used to work with ESPN didn't get wind I of that agree. article. I and agree with that. that's why he did it the way he did it. I think, yeah. I, I think we kind of, yeah. I think we kind of, Lowe's like with you, like, we're not saying that you wrong in feeling yeah. That anger towards Max for the way he left. We all agree yeah. with that. Me and Ramon just more so like, okay, now that we got that out the way, whether he was wrong or right, like this information that we received from him that that that's that is true 
is kind of disturbing and you know and it points to Jenny and her handling of it if you want to date back to the day that magic was hired we could that we could say that that's Jenny's fault because magic doesn't have any president ops uh yeah. experience nor does rob right. have any general manager experience so from that our owner majority owner making those types of decisions for the organization that turns around to 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 blow up in her face because she want to have these relationships oh magic's my brother he could you know nah what what kind of you know what kind of you know background does magic have you know and if you want to bring him on that bad how about you put him in like an assistant spot you know get somebody that's that has some experience and magic can learn from them you know, and that's that's kind of where I'm at with it. I mean, either way you look at it, I mean, if you want to say that magic is it brought the organization down with him, I'm not gonna argue with you there. Yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. not. I'm not. I can see why you feel that way. You know, and I'm not saying you're wrong for for feeling that way at all. But as far as you know, Jenny and her responsibility in this whole thing, it has the the yeah. buck. the buck stops at her. Right. I, I I just think that it can't be a situation. You know, where it's just, of course, we do feel that Magic did some things wrong, but I don't feel like just because he came out and spoke and exposed some things that we could just, like, absolve Jeannie and Rob from their wrongdoing in the situation. I don't think that we could just, like, minimize, you know, what they've done to, to get our franchise kind of to the point that it, it's been, which really, if we all... If we talk in actuality, the Lakers really aren't as in bad of a place as everybody wants to make it seem like. Really aren't in a terrible space as an organization. When you got a top three player in LeBron James there, you got cap space for a max free agent, you got the number four pick, and you have young, promising, young talent. Like the Lakers as an organization, the way they are positioned really isn't as bad as what the, the public is making it seem. I do feel that what you're saying as far as drama being exposed about the organization isn't the greatest thing for the organization. I 100% agree with that. But I just feel like at certain at a certain point, like some of that's just going to it's going to come regardless. Like we know that the Lakers are the, are, are the talk of everything. The leading up to the NBA finals, the NBA finals special opens with them talking about the Lakers. The week that the finals start first take the first story that they got going running that week is about the Lakers. So I feel like some of this stuff was going to come to light regardless. Um, but I just feel like I can point the finger really at three people and not just point it at one. I think the, the only the biggest mistake that Jeannie made, you know, and we kind of mentioned that before, was making magic and putting magic and giving the power to magic. And I think she realized that. And I think that went into the problems, more into the problems, is because she realized that more so towards this season, you know what I'm saying, with magic being out. You know, and the, the the point I wanted to make is Magic saying, yeah, Jeannie knew that I was going to be out in this business. But one of the first interviews he did, you know what I'm saying, on the Lakers channel, um, the Sportsnet channel, he was saying, hey, I'm going to be there 100 and I forgot it was like 50%. He said 150%. You know, yeah, until yeah. the, the organization, you know, and put all my other business aside. He said it, you know, then so he has two things where he's pretty much his stories are going against each, going against each other. And so I, I think her biggest mistake, and I think she started to realize it was Magic calling these shots. He's made mistakes, a bunch of mistakes going into the season. One being that he let Brooke Lopez walk. You know what I'm saying? Letting That was baffling to me. You know what I'm saying? And we can name the other mistakes that he's made where it's just kind of like, you know, I agree with him, the, Brooke. The, Zubac, the Brooke Zubac situation where we got Muscala where he did absolutely nothing for him. We just pretty much handed him to the Clippers right next door to us, which yeah. made zero sense. I know we couldn't afford him, but why would we make a team 
better, you know, especially a team that we share the city with where we don't get any type of draft capital, anything. We got nothing out of that deal. We gave up Michael Beasley and Zubak to get Muscala, and that was it. You know what I'm saying? So we can name a bunch. I thought she's, I think she started to realize these mistakes and stuff he's did. And then you go back to the draft. You go back to the draft where we went and got um, Mo Wagner, where the team, everyone thought they were going to get another player. You know what I'm saying? This is this is from that article. And, you know, of course, Magic had the final say-so on that. And going up into that, and they said they're going to follow the draft board. They did not follow the, the draft board. They went with the Michigan man, you know, and got Mo Wagner. You know, and that was a magic pick. You know what I'm well, saying? I, so they kind of... I, I won't. I won't say that's 100% magic pick though. I think that that's uh, Rob Belinka lobbying for my guy Mo Wagner from my alma mater, Michigan. And Magic, as you, we've alluded to, Magic, I don't think is is there all the time. So he just like, okay, well, that sounds good to me. I don't think that Magic just identified Mo Wagner. I think that that was and, a Rob Belinka, and, 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 and Magic and just went wrong. along with. And then another it. thing, from, this is according to the article. That's wrong. There's two two draft rooms. One with Rob Linka in it, and one with Magic Johnson in it. The the call, everyone in the Rob Linka draft room thought that they were going to go with another player, another player from Villanova. But the Villanova, Josh Hart had was aware of this player, you know, and they said, you know, the reason they didn't select him because he's had issues and all, you know, off court issues and things of that nature. But they still were going to follow their draft board, and everyone thought they were going to go with this player from Villanova. But Magic made the call to go with the Michigan man. Which, 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 you know, which Magic is not from Michigan. He's from Michigan State, but he still made but, his call and forgot everybody in the process that went through these and built this draft board. And he made a call, which Mo Wagner wasn't the pick, and they didn't follow the right. draft board. So but, I, but even even with that, I don't think that we can call that a mistake right now. Like I don't think yeah. that Mo. I, I yeah. think that the biggest thing to me, even if it but was I'm the Villanova kid, I. Huh? I'm not calling it a mistake. I'm not saying it was a mistake. I'm saying that that was the inconsistencies. And I think the point I'm making with all this is I think Jeannie Buzz started to see that, you know, he's making these calls and he's doing all these things without trusting one, trusting his team and doing all these things. And he's starting, she's starting to see little mistakes here and there. Can, can I say but something? I think she got to fire can, can I get in this thing? Because yeah. y'all have been going back and yeah. forth. The, the issue I have with what you said, Los, is, is you trying to kind of to, kind of tore down what Magic did for L.A. And let's let's date it back to when Magic started. Magic, Magic, I'll be a strong proponent to say I hate how Magic left. But I will say this. Magic left the Lakers better than, better than what he found it. He was in a tough situation. You got two horrible contracts in Miles Guy and and, and D'Angelo Russell. You was able to no, success. Little Dame, little Dame, my bad. And you was able to hold on. Let me finish. You, you was able to successfully get those off the off the books, going uh, going un, untamed. We had to get D'Angelo Russell out of L.A. It was never gonna work with that situation with Nick Young. He had to get him out of there. So we had to lose him in, in turn. We drafted uh, under his watch. We drafted Kyle Kuzma. We was able to get him and get a get a player who's gonna be a, could, could potentially be an all star in the future. He was able to clear out two max spots for us, and he brought us LeBron James. So I mean, as far as tearing down the type of job that he did before he left, of course, I don't agree with the Zubac trade. I give you that. I don't I don't agree with that one. But other than that, but y'all didn't y'all know how much I love Zubac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but the thing about it, 
I mean, Magic left the Lakers still. Even with all this drum and everything, we still in position where we have one max spot available. And we still have a fourth pick. And we still are in a great situation. Young talent and you got LeBron now. So, I mean, I'm not buying. Magic did a great job while he was there. I think that Jenny, things are just spiraling out of control on her end because she got too many ears, I mean, too many miles in her ear. And I think that when you're doing that, and, you, and she's trying to please everybody. Yeah. She, and, I, I, and I think you got to, as you were stating and alluding to, I think you have to look at the job as a whole. You can pick apart, you know, moves here and there with, to me, any GM, any president of basketball operations out there. Like, no one is just going to just nail it and do everything just 100% perfect. Like, that's just not going to be the case. But I feel that if it's a situation like you were saying that Jeannie started noticing some things, well, then you got to be real at that point. If you feel that magic is not doing it how it needs to be done, or you think that some things are inconsistent, you either call him to the table or you fire him. You be straight up. If you feel that he's not the guy for it anymore, and you want to listen to all these other people, and he doesn't really need to have full autonomy and authority, then at that point, if you're going to really be the owner of an organization, and you feel that something is wrong, you got to address that. So I still think that the buck still stops at the top, ultimately. Yeah. I, but I think Magic saw the writing on the wall because, again, what, what you're saying, that call him to the table type of thing, I think he started losing his power, and Magic didn't like that. And he said that, you know, wait, I'm not making decisions because she started, hey, you know, getting advice from other people. Maybe too many people was the problem, but she started looking elsewhere because of the recent mistakes. No, Magic, like you guys mentioned, Magic didn't do an all-bad job. You know, we can debate that LeBron was coming regardless or not. You know, we can debate that. You know, so we can talk about a number of things. I think the best thing Magic did for his team, which is debatable because, you know, um, D'Angelo Russell ended up turning into an all-star player and making the all-star team and taking his team to the playoffs. The best thing he did was that trade to get the big contract off the books and to, you know, bring in and that one of those picks turned into Kyle Kuzma. So that was a good deal, and I think it was good for both. But we can debate, you know, from his decisions from Lonzo Ball, you know, I think I still like Lonzo. Don't get me wrong. I still like Lonzo. But a lot of people saying that decision could have been, hey, keep D'Angelo, draft a Jason Tatum, and move forward like that. They could have did it that way. And so, I mean, there's different things that we can debate on the decisions that he made. But I'm just saying, recently, going into this offseason and this whole year, I think he made a slew of and his inconsistencies of not being there. I think she stopped, the trust stopped being there. You know what I'm saying? You want to come in, you want to fire a guy, but you barely around. You know what I'm saying? You want to fire a head coach. You know what I'm saying? These these mid, these deadline trips, these uh, But you said yourself we need to get rid of Luke, though. No, no, no. I'm not saying. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. That's, that's right. I'm just saying she can't trust his decision-making. He wanted to do that. I'm just saying her trust wasn't there. Because of mm. him not being around. And so, like, so, 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 Los, that's not alarming with, with, with it being reported that she got four or five people in her ear. Kurt Rambis, Kurt Rambis, Linda Rambis. On like, the basketball that, side. What the heck does Linda Somebody Rambis, that's just a, yeah. somebody too that's just literally on the business <laughs> exactly. side of things. He's supposed to just be that's, on the business that's side. That's alarming, man. Like, it ain't all on magic, bro. Like, it ain't all on him, man. Like, the only no, thing no, I fought him for. Huh? I'm not saying this all on him. I'm just saying we wouldn't we wouldn't be debating this today right now if it wasn't for Magic. Good or bad, the outcome of it all. I just think that Magic did a thing that he shouldn't have did that no other professional does in his position. You know okay, what I'm saying? We can Magic agree to that. It all comes back to that. That's what I don't I don't yeah, that's what I don't, I, I that's what I don't, cause you you it's like you're not even 
Like but, we, we, it's not like you're not even commenting on what's yeah, actually going but on. I still, just uh, commenting on what he did, and we agree on that's that. The issue, but that's the issue I have with it. <clears throat> but that's that's fine. And, and but I still feel that that drama was gonna come out about the Lakers, regardless. Yeah, like this on. article was already being worked on by Baxter Holmes, like regardless of whether Magic was gonna yeah. come on first, take and speak. Like he was working on this throughout the course of the season. So dirty stuff was gonna be aired regardless because the thing about it, once people get released and employees get released or they have bad feelings about the organization, obviously they're gonna speak up. And so Baxter Holmes, I'm pretty sure that that, were a lot, that was a lot of his sources probably were people that were disgruntled about the Lakers. So like stuff was gonna, some bad stuff was gonna leak regardless. Yeah. Like, so so Los, we agree with you with that. With, with, uh, he didn't have with, he right. didn't have to leave like that. It was unprofessional, but I think that there's a lot more to it than him just being unprofessional, as as he revealed, and it was revealed in that article. But I think we spent too much time on that one. Yeah. Uh, so I want to talk about what's pressure, bro, because I'm sick and tired of these reporters. Granted, another point: these reporters' questions has been trash. They ran out of questions to ask. But when when you ask a player, are they under pressure? I am so sick of these players. Well, this not pressure. Not having food when I was sixteen. Hey, don't talk about that. When I was sixteen and, and didn't have nothing to eat. Now that's pressure. Come on, <laughs> man. It was not talking about your childhood. That has nothing to do with the question. They're simply asking you: Is there any pressure in this basketball game, bro? Like Kyle Lowry, you ask him. Like nobody asked you. I don't know what your mom been through. I'm not saying that. That's outside of the point. But nobody asked you that. We just asked you about the game. Come on, man. Like, it's not that deep. Golly, bro. Dang, they really struck a nerve with you on that one. <laughs> right, I know. Goodness gracious, bro. Yeah, I mean, I think that the, what's happening, too, is some of that stuff is starting to become, like, the popular answer. Like, honestly, like... I was watching R.J. Barrett. I, I don't know if this was on the jump or whatever this past week. And they mm-hmm. kind of, either the jump or first take because he was on both. And they asked him the same thing, you know, about the pressure of potentially playing in New York and all that. And he kind of said the same thing, you know, no pressure is, is not having food on the table. Oh, my pressure, God, you know? right. So I believe, oh. I believe what's happening is that answer has been said once. And once it's been said, it gets into the mind of others. And so it's just going to be kind of like the the kind of like go to that that players use honestly. Yeah, pressure. Point. Pressure is walking to school with no shoes in the snow <laughs> twenty three miles back and twenty three miles yeah. <laughs> Bruh, come on man. Like you got anything to add on that loose? Nah man, I, I, I agree with you man. That's I mean, I think they need I, I get what they're saying and what they're trying right. to do <laughs> yeah. put up there, but at the end of the day they're like they're millionaires. You know, and they're still on the biggest stage and trying to achieve their dreams. You know what I'm saying? So the, in that aspect, you know, no one was taking it there. You know what I'm saying? I think they kind of took it there. And you can't, as a reporter, you can't argue that. You just kind of be like, oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. I get it on their end. But at the same time, that's not the question being asked, man. You know, we know what, we ask them what's at stake. Are you feeling pressure? You know what I'm saying? Like, stop yeah. And I think a lot of times, I think these reporters are just asking just stupid questions. Like, you know, a couple of years back when uh, Chris Powell with the Clippers and, uh, are the Clippers going to be in, uh, be back for game five? And, you know, Chris Powell's like, what? <laughs> like, you know, like, they do ask stupid questions yeah. or like, is it, uh, did the, did, I remember they asked LeBron and Dwayne Wade, which LeBron handled these questions great, you know what I'm saying? 
Like he asked them, uh, is it is it that the defense is that good or is it the offense? Something screwed up yeah. like that. Like we understand these reporters, they do have to get better at their at their questions. I do think that they I think it's it's become more of a thing. It's almost like they incentivized to actually get some some TV time or some ad time at the press conference because they do not think before they ask some of them questions. Yeah. Like they, they but almost too, like you're saying, is, is it kind of like a thing for them? Kind of almost, not like a game or whatever, but, and I don't want to knock their credibility, but is, is it almost to the point, like, if I ask this dumb thing, I'm going to get an interesting response. So I'm going to yeah. get something that's yeah. going to be worth my like, time of a- asking this dumb question. I'm going to remind a reporter who's at it with Westbrook. Uh, he asked Westbrook a question, and he was like, next question. He's like, oh, I know. I think I'm gonna hold on to the mic. I asked the question, and Westbrook didn't answer. Like a little kid, but I was like, you really know what I'm talking yeah, about? Like, yeah. like, no, I think I'm gonna hold on to the mic. And Westbrook, no, he asked the, uh, he asked. In fact, he asked uh, the the tatted up guy. I forgot his name. Uh, with the shag, foreign guy. He got traded to the Knicks. He used to play for the. Oh, he still no. He still uh, is it Adams. Yeah, Stephen Adams. He yeah. asked Stephen Adams a question, and and uh, and uh, Westbrook wouldn't let let Stephen Adams ask him. <laughs> like that was crazy. Like I, I do think that these reporters do be asking kind of yeah. come crazy. I think thing. they act like too. There was a backstory behind that though. Like that that reporter yeah. had a history of. Like, yeah, I think he wrote a report like yeah. when Durant and and was back there. And he yeah, was like he, Westbrook's the problem. Yeah, so thing. it's like it was some history behind it. Yeah, and then Westbrook and one of them press conference was like, I I, I just don't. I just don't like you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, but I mean, I come on, man. Y'all, these players got to cut it out, bro. But I like RJ Beard a lot, though. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Especially RJ after them interviews. I, I, he really he really sold me. I'm, like, on I'm, the interviews. I'm, I'm telling y'all. Oh, that's a good time to talk about the draft, then. I'm hey, look, I'm killing y'all. these transitions. Man. Hey, look, I'm killing yeah, the transitions. You got that. You got that. I'm... So, um, we released our mock draft um, not too long ago. On our IG, O underscore Bench Women's. Go and follow us on IG. And that's on Twitter, too. But I think that uh, most the majority of people agree with us uh, with where we had players at. But what I particularly wanted to discuss is uh, this fourth pick. And uh, that's with the Lakers, ironically. Because, I mean, three the, the first three picks are locked in. Bro. Oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't, Lowe's, Lowe's might feel differently, man. Slightly, but uh, so you, you with the Knicks, you said you like Jared Culver going to the Knicks. I mean, I think, I think for the pressure of the Knicks, they take him, but I think Jared Culver may end up being a better player, man. Okay, yeah, I mean, I just think that. I mean, I like, I like the numbers, you know. I mean, of course, RJ Barrett numbers is better than Culver's, you know what I'm saying, but I think you look at what was what was called on upon for Culver, you know, and looking at the games going into the tournament and where he led his team to, and he was the main guy, and he was the guy with, the, you know, he's almost like a big point guard. You know, he's listed as a shooting guard going into this draft, but I think he just, I just think he got it. He has that it factor, and I'm not saying R.J. Barrett doesn't, but I just think that Culver has the, he, you know, he's his dad, you know, I'm just talking about his history and his family. I don't know anything about R.J. Barrett, so I can't speak on him. But RJ, but um, Jared Culver, his dad is a pastor. So, you know, he, he he's one of those good raised kids, you know what I'm saying? And I think he has that, that mentality, that work ethic to get it and to, and to, you know, grind it out 
and to do what it takes to win. You know what I'm saying? I know I, we looked at the videos of his vertical. I just think he just all around game from rebounds, from assists to taking over to the taking over the game. I think this kid showed that he can do that and make and show up in big moments and no moment is big for him. And so that's why I think that, you know, he should be considered for that third spot. Yeah. I mean, I like Jared Culver. No, no doubt. I really like the kid. I just think that I still do agree that there's a, a top three to this draft that I would kind of separate a little bit. And I think it goes down a little bit of a notch after those top three. Um, I'm really high on all three of those top three guys. And I've been of course, extremely high on RJ because I feel like he got kind of lost in the shuffle of the Zion hype. But RJ is a, is a monster, has been a beast uh, for so long. Even things that he did with Team Canada, even matching up with, with Team USA and basically owning Team USA kind of by himself, you know, out there in Canada. And so uh, I just like the kid. And even, you know, in his time being where he was able to play without Zion, like the numbers he put up were crazy. When Zion didn't play this year, I think RJ averaged like 26, 8, and 5, you know, and as being the guy, the one that everybody is concentrating and focused on. So I think that his game just translates to me even better at the at the um, NBA level. And I think to me, <laughs> out of any of those guys, people may not agree with me, but RJ to me, got the biggest dog and killer instinct out of those guys from what I've seen out of them. And so that's why I really like RJ as well, man. Yeah, I like RJ. I like RJ at that three spot. I think that those top three players are there. But, you know, like Lowe say, Culver has a lot of great qualities uh, yeah. that I look for in a wing. You know, just the, f the fact of how he can score it. He's a very powerful scorer. The fact that he can defend as well. You know, I think that... Underrated passer. Yeah, so, I mean... At that spot, I mean, I think at that fourth spot, you have the toughest decision. But uh, it'll be interesting to see draft coming up soon, so yeah. it, it, it'll be good. I, I really wish we could have talked more about the draft, but, I mean, I think that we uh, had time well spent. We didn't even touch on the NFL or fantasy, but fantasy yeah, coverage is coming. Nobody worry about yeah, the NFL right coming. now anyway. So, But I think it's been an interesting talk, fellas. I think that we put out something that people will enjoy. Uh, let us know your comments and everything. Uh, make sure that you're following us on O underscore Benchwarmers on Instagram and Twitter. And make sure that you are subscribed to this podcast. If somebody sent you a link to this podcast, make sure that you are subscribing to it. Go ahead and click, click the link that they sent you. Go under our name or PNA the Benchwarmers and subscribe to us. That's on, we're currently on Google Play. I don't know how they sent it to you, but we're on Google Play. They just sent you a random link from the direct source. That's fine. We're on Google Play, we're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher. Make sure that you are subscribing and leave us a review if you're enjoying what we're, what we're doing. YouTube is coming very soon. Bear with us. But until then, just enjoy this recording. So until we meet again, until we record again, we out here. To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos 
close, the new big three. And if the pins ain't from him, don't bring them to me. Cause I go off like a rocket launcher. Man, I just ain't the beat, I'm a real monster. I can hear the crowd chanting MVP. That's my mantra. Here's a standing note for the opinionated bench warmers.